Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Church. This is Pastor Alex, live from Jerusalem, and uh, we're excited to be here. We've been here with a group from our church uh, probably for about the past week, and it's been absolutely amazing. I know a lot of you have been watching on all of our socials, all the videos and stories that we've been putting up, and it's been an incredible trip. Already so many people have written, I can't wait for the next one. When's the next one? And we're not sure yet. We will let you know when the next one is. All I'm saying is you should have came to this one. But anyways, uh, (laughs) we are going to have a next one soon, but we're glad that you're joining And we want to send a huge, huge hello to all the campuses joining us every service from Kendall to City to now West Campus. We love you. Come on, every campus, make some noise. Make some noise from Jerusalem. Today, we're really excited because uh, today is kind of special because we're used to three locations now. But today's awesome because today we're meeting in four locations. We have Kendall Campus, we have City Campus, we have West Campus, and just for this Sunday, come on, we have Jerusalem Campus. So it's awesome. (laughs) It's going to be amazing. And uh, I believe that this is special. As you see, we have an incredible city behind us, and it's the city of Jerusalem and the city of David. I believe it's God's city. It's a special place uh, where our Bible, most of it, uh, comes from this location. And all of us here have been able to tour the Holy Land, and it's been incredible. And I'm glad that you came to church this Sunday. And I got a message on my heart that I want to share with all of us. I think it's going to be awesome. And so if you're there, any campus, take out your Bibles, take out your notepads. Uh, We started a series a couple of weeks ago called What's Next? Somebody say, what's next? We started a series called What's Next, and a couple weeks ago we talked about uh, four different steps that we believe God has for everybody. God has a spiritual journey for each and every single one of us. Amen? I I really believe that the Bible, if you read it from cover to cover, it it shows these four things over and over again. A few years ago, when I was about 18, 19, I really felt that in my heart, and I found a pastor that knew how to verbalize it well, Pastor Chris Hodges. He wrote a book called What's Next is where we got the series from, and I think he verbalized it better than anybody. And so it's what we're talking about as a church. Everybody has a spiritual journey. I'm going to say that one more time. You have a spiritual journey. All of us are somewhere and there's a next step for us to take. Come on, somebody say, I have a next step. I have a next step. step. All of us have a next step. And I believe that it's a four-step journey. It doesn't matter if you've known Jesus for 15 years or 15 seconds or you don't know him at all. You have a next step. And it's what we're talking about through this series. And and I can't stress it enough, the importance of this series. Like this series is extremely, extremely important for our entire church, all four campuses. And uh, it's really important. I want us to lean in. I believe that God's going to speak to us. And we said that the four-step journey that God has for everybody around the world, we can sum it up in these four words. Reach, help, teach, release. Come on, why don't we say that together? Reach, help, teach, release. One more time. Come on. Reach, help, teach, release. That's the four-step journey that God has 
for all of us, right? Reach. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, that God wants us to reach out to him because he's the God that already reached down to us. We can reach out to him and we can know him. God wants every single human being on earth to know him. Can I get an amen? amen? He wants us to know him. That's our first step. The second step we said was help. And the guys preached an incredible message all of our campuses last week. And we said that help was about connecting ourselves to community because God wants us to find freedom. For example, you find in the Bible where God brought the people of God out of Egypt so that they can know him, step number one. But you can get out of Egypt, but then you need to get Egypt out of you. And that's to find freedom. And so many of us have gone out of sin, but there's still some sin in us. And we need to find freedom. We need to find help. And we said that that's, that's only found in relationship. It's found in community. And we want all of us to be in a connect group. And I know so many people have already joined a connect group. They launched this past week. All of us here in Israel, as soon as we get back, we're going to our connect groups. And we want to, we want to be a church that all of us are in a group. They're vital for our life. They're extremely important. I wouldn't be here without groups in my life. I had pastors and people in my life that every single, during the week, they would call me every single week. Hey, Alex, you're coming to my house tonight. We got connect group. Don't miss it. And so we want everybody in a connect group. If you're not in a connect group, make sure you join one today. And then the fourth step is release so that you can make a difference. The third one is teach. It's what we're going to be talking about today. And we said that there is a base scripture for this series. Everybody open up your Bibles. Come on, Kendall City, West and Jerusalem. <laughs> open up your Bibles to the book of Psalm chapter 16. Psalm chapter 16. Psalm chapter 16, we love you so much, church. We miss you and we wish everybody can come on this trip and I hope that we can all make it eventually. Psalm chapter 16, as you're going there, look at your neighbor and tell them you look amazing today. Come on. Tell the person next to you to smile. Tell them they look good. Look at the person on the opposite side and tell them you look thinner than you did last week. Some of you look thinner. In Jerusalem, we've been eating a lot. So we, we're saying something different over here. Psalm chapter 16. Come on, go to Psalm chapter 16. And uh, we're going to read one verse. It's our base scripture for this series. And it's verse 11. If you're there, can you shout amen every campus? Amen. Listen to what the psalmist David says. He says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Come on, how good is that? This is the base scripture for our series that all of us are going through. I'm going to read it one more time. You make known to me the path of life. David's like, you've shown me the path. You've shown me, one one translation puts it this way, you've shown me the right way. And it says, you will fill me with joy in your presence. Anybody want some joy in their life? Come on. Fill me with joy and with eternal pleasures at your right Hand. Once you're on the path, you're going to find joy and you're going to see there's, there's eternal pleasures with God. I believe God wants us uh, to live this life. And I really believe that we're going through this series for several reasons. One of the main reasons is that a lot of us are getting so little out of God. We believe in God. We love God. But we're not going after everything that God has for us. And I want all of us to know today that God has more for us. God has more for your life. God has more for your marriage. God has more for your relationships. Come on. God has more for us. Amen. And so we're going to pray, and then I'm going to share a quick message, and we're going to talk about this third step. And I want you to write this down. If you're taking notes, today's message is called Teach Everyone Discovering Purpose. Teach Everyone Discovering 
purpose. We're going to talk about discovering our purpose, the third step in our journey. I'm going to speak about the Bible for a little bit, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to have an incredible Sunday. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for every single location that's tuned in today. Thank you that we get to speak to our church across four different locations today, Kendall, City Campus, West Campus, and even us here in Jerusalem. We pray that you would speak to us, God. What an opportunity, God, for all of us to gather. Thank you for this technology, God, that we all get to speak through technology and talk to, through technology. Holy Spirit, we believe that the same spirit that's here in Jerusalem is there in Kendall Campus, City Campus, and West Campus. I pray that you awaken hearts, open up eyes, that we may see you in ways we've never seen you before. Speak to us today in Jesus' name. All of God's people say, Amen. come on, all of God's people say, Amen. can you give Jesus a big hand one more time? Come on. I really believe that there's a lot of questions that humans ask ourselves daily. And I think we can make a list and we can find out that there's a number of questions that have been asked uh, through centuries over and over again. If you were to make a Google search of some of the most asked questions, there's questions like, who am I? Maybe you've asked yourself that at some point. Who am I? Why am I here for? That's another question that's been asked a lot. People want to know who they are and what's their purpose. Who am I? The other day, uh, actually several months ago, Diana did one of these DNA tests. Ever heard of them? DNA tests? Yeah. Right. You've seen them. You, what you do is that you write either Ancestry.com or there's another. There's a few of them. You write and they send you this package at home. And you get this package in the mail. Diana got the package in the mail. She was really, really excited about it. And it comes with like almost like this little test tube. And what you have to do is that you have to spit into the test tube kind of crazy. It's bizarre. You spit into the test tube, you close it up, and you mail it back to the labs. That's weird. I don't know about you, but I think that's extremely weird. Anybody with me? It's just weird. You spit in this tube, and like, what are you doing? I'm looking at Dan, like, she, here she is, like, spitting in a tube. I'm just like, that's weird. And she wanted to know what made up her DNA. And so she did it, sent it back. A few weeks later, she gets the package back in the mail, and it, uh, it tells her where she's from. She was all excited. She's like, oh, my God. I think she has some French in her blood, and, and there's some Andeans, and I don't know what it is, Andean, Andeans, one of those. And she found out what made made up her DNA. And, and a couple of weeks ago, now it was my turn and she got me spitting in a tube now. <laughs> and so I'm going to find out where I'm from and I'll tell everybody where I'm from in a couple of weeks when we get back the results. But, but everybody wants to know where they're from. What makes me who I am today? Where am I from? Where I don't, I want to know my history. And, and one of the reasons people want to know that is because they want to know what's their purpose. Like what's my purpose in life? And, and it got me thinking, and here's what I thought. You can find out what makes up your DNA, but still not know why you were born. You can find out what makes up your DNA, but still have no idea why you were born. And I think we have a big problem. We have a whole bunch of people that have no idea why they're on this earth. Right all over Miami, all over the world, all over Israel. We got billions of people all over the world that have no idea why they were born. I mean, a bunch of people, maybe you're tuning in today. You're in one of our campuses, one of our services. You have no idea why you were born. You're probably listening right now. You're like, I think I have an idea. And some of us, we think we have some kind of grasp on why we were born. But a lot of us have no idea why we were born. And I think it causes a big, big problem because then people live however they want and chase whatever they want. Right. If you have no idea why you were born, you're going to end up doing whatever you want. 
right? And, and it causes people to live in chaos. It causes people to live these hectic lives and people go all crazy. And, and it causes something. It's actually a word we learned here in Israel. It causes a big balagang if you don't know your purpose. And balagang just means a big mess. If you don't know your purpose in life, you're going to live however you want and you're going to chase whatever you want. In fact, there's a story. There's a story that somewhere in Florida, I believe it was up in the Fort Lauderdale area, several years ago, there was a dog race going on, a dog race going on. And you know these dogs, they, they put an electrical bunny or mechanical bunny in front of them. They open the gates and the dogs are off to the races. Dogs are off to the races. Well, in this race, um, the bunny, uh, after several feet that opened the gate, the bunny had a mechanical malfunction and, and the bunny exploded. Not a real bunny, by the way, uh, but it was a mechanical bunny. It had a malfunction. It exploded. And so the dogs couldn't see the rabbit. And if you look at the story, it says some of the dogs, they just went off track. I think one dog laid down and fell asleep on the track. Another one just started barking at the people in the crowds. Another one just got down and started scratching himself. Like people just start, like the dog just started doing whatever they want. And I think that's a picture of humanity today. Yeah. Right. When you don't know what you're living for, when you don't know what your purpose is, you're going to do whatever you want in your life. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what I'm living for. I don't know what's in front of me. So I'm going to do whatever I want and I'm going to chase anything that comes along my path. And that causes a big, big problem, because if you don't know why you were born, you're going to do whatever you want to do with your life. And I believe that there's going to be purpose and destiny unfulfilled. But I believe in a God that has given us purpose. I believe in a God that has put something in our soul. I believe in a God that has put something in our DNA. Come on, you are born. You're not a mistake. You were born on purpose and for a purpose. Come on. Uh, if there's anything you leave, if there's anything you leave with today, I want to tell you this. You were born on purpose and for a purpose. Somebody say, I have a purpose. I have a purpose. We were all born on purpose and for a purpose. And so many people are chasing fake rabbits. So many people have no idea what they're chasing and they're going after money. They're going after careers. They're going after relationships and they're missing out on everything that God has for them. And so we're talking about purpose today. God, I I believe that you have something for me. When you don't, you go all over the place. And when you don't, you live however the world tells you how to live. In fact, in the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 2, write this down. Paul says this to all of us. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you in a new person by changing the way you think, he says. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. In other words, he says, hey, don't copy the way the world lives. You don't have to do what your neighbor's doing. You don't have to do what your classmate's doing. You don't have to do what every single person around you is doing. You have a purpose on the inside. You got to change the way you think. You have a purpose. You were born on purpose. Come on, we got to change the way we think. We have a purpose. And a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I have a gift. I don't know if I have a purpose. All of us have a gift. In fact, look what the book of Ephesians says. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 says, But to each one of us, a grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. A grace has been given to each and every single one of us. This isn't grace as far as the grace of salvation. Obviously, we're saved by grace. But when Paul talks about grace here, it's the word charisma or it's the word gift. In other words, a calling, a gift has been given to each one of us. You have a charisma, you have a grace that God has given you. And it's something that God has prepared for you since the beginning of time. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him, I have a grace. grace. Our Jerusalem campus is strong today and loud. I like that. I have 
a grace. All of us have been given a grace. What's, what's your grace? Maybe you're in our Kendall campus or City campus or West campus and, and you're thinking, I don't have a purpose. I don't know why I'm alive. I've been asking myself this. I, I thought it was for this reason or that reason. And today you're not really sure why God even put you on this earth. I want to tell you, there's a grace for your life. There is a purpose for your life. You're not a mistake. You're, you're not an accident. You were born on purpose and for a purpose. In fact, I like the way that Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter 2. Write that down. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, Paul says, for we are God's handiwork. In fact, another translation says we are God's masterpiece. Come on, look at the person next to you. Tell them, I'm a masterpiece. masterpiece. Some of you got to say that with confidence. Some of you said that like you're not even sure I'm a masterpiece. No, come on, you got to say, I'm a masterpiece. You got to look up and say, I'm a masterpiece. Paul says, for we are God's Past masterpiece. All the other campus must be thinking Jerusalem's wild. Jerusalem's crazy. For we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are his masterpiece. God formed us. God made us to do and carry out everything that he designed for us. God has a design God has a destiny for you. God has a purpose for your life and my life. You're not a mistake. In fact, way before you were even born, God already made you a specific way. In fact, if you were going to invent something, you invent something because there's a purpose for your invention. You think, well, wait a minute, there's a need. I have a need in my life for something, so I'm going to make something to fill that need or to carry out that purpose. Notice that purpose always comes before design. In other words, God didn't make you and then say, what am I going to do with him? I have no idea what I'm going to do with him. Jose, I don't know. You look a little weird. I don't know what I'm going to do with you. I'm just kidding. I love Jose. (laughs) Right? Like God didn't look at you. God didn't look at you and say, oh, what what am I going to do now that I made them? No, he said, you know what? I have a purpose. I want the world to know that I love them. I want the world to know that I want relationship with them. So I'm going to create people and I'm going to fill them with purpose so that they can carry out my need and they can walk in their purpose. Right? And so... The design always is going to reveal your destiny. God's design in me will reveal God's destiny for me. You got to look on the inside. I'm his masterpiece. He made me. God's design in me will reveal God's destiny for me. You were made a specific way. All of us different. Each one of us were designed for a special purpose, for a special calling, for your grace. Each one of us have a grace. And the way that God designed you will show why you were made. You got to look on the inside. You got to say, why was I born? In fact, look what David said. Psalm chapter 139, the book of Psalm chapter 139, verses 13 and on. Look how David talks about God and God making him. He says this, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Come on. You know, that's not an ego thing, by the way. You know God is good. Oh, God, you do wonderful things. When you look in the mirror, that's what you should say every single morning, right? Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. It says, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Come on, God saw all of my days before I even came into this earth. He already knew why I was going to be born. He already knew why I was going to walk on this earth. Come on, God knows your purpose before you were even born. 
you got to look at yourself and say, I was wonderfully and fearfully made. All your works are wonderful. I don't know how you woke up this morning. I don't know how you're looking at yourself today, but some of us need to look at each other. I mean, look at each other. No, that's weird. Look in the mirror. Some of us need to look in the mirror and you need to say, oh, come on. God makes wonderful things. God did something awesome when he made me. Oh, come on. God took his time when he made me. Come on. I was born on purpose and for a purpose. I want to tell you today that God has put a design in you to reveal the destiny that he has for you. But there's a big problem because a lot of us, what we fall to is the things that come back to stop us from carrying out the purpose that God has for us. In fact, there's three enemies. I want you to write these down. There's three enemies that come to stop us from carrying out our purpose, right? The first one is confusion. Somebody say confusion. Confusion. Right? The enemy will bring confusion. In fact, if the enemy can't kill you, the next best thing he could do is confuse you. He'll confuse you so that you don't carry out your purpose and you don't walk out in God's call for your life. That's when Paul, when he was talking about spiritual gifts, he says, I don't want you to be misinformed about this. I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to to be confused about this. I want you to know why you have certain gifts and why you created a certain way. And so the enemy, he brings confusion. Confusion is the first enemy. The second enemy is comparison. Somebody say comparison. comparison. The enemy will bring confusion, but then you'll bring comparison. And all of a sudden you'll start looking around and you're like, how come I wasn't made the way they were made? How come I don't have those giftings? And, and look at their call and look at the way God is using them. And especially in the world that we live in today, we talk about it often at Calvary that social media has just made a world of comparison. Yeah. Right? You look at somebody else's life and you look at the way God is using them. And, and you, but, but that's just all their highlight reel. You never saw their bad hair day. You never saw when they were in a bad mood. You never saw when they got in an argument with their spouse. Come on, we, nobody puts up that. But we're comparing our bad days with their good days only. And all of a sudden, we'll look at somebody else's destiny. We'll look at somebody else's calling and we'll say, whoa, I wish I had those blessings. Without realizing you're missing out on your blessings. You're missing out on what God has for you. You're busy with somebody else's purpose, not living in the purpose that God created for you. Right. And so we have confusion. We have comparison. And the third one is counterfeit. He'll have you chasing things that, that look like this is the reason to live, but they're not real. That's not why we were made. That's not the purpose why we were made, right? The enemy will come and he'll make us chase money our entire lives. And can I tell you, that's not the reason why you were made. He'll come and he'll have us chasing careers our entire life. But your career is not the reason that God designed you and God made you. All those are good. We need to work. We need to make money. But that's not the purpose that God put inside of us, Right. That's not the reason that God made us. And so we have confusion, comparison, and counterfeit. And all those come to stop God's purpose in your life and God's purpose in my life. Why am I here? And all of a sudden we're living for wrong reasons. We're chasing fake rabbits, broken rabbits, and we're living life as a mess. And so to finish up, I want to talk about four ways that I think you can discover your purpose today. Come on, as a church, all of us together, every campus, every service, we started this journey together on what's next, what's my spiritual journey, and, and today is step three. We want all of us to take this journey together, and, and I'm excited about this one, and that's why we said you can't miss a week, because I believe this is a really important one. You need to find out why you were born. You need to find out what's your purpose, 
God has a purpose for your life. And through scripture, we found four ways that you can discover your purpose. I'm going to give you these four ways that we're going to pray. And I believe God's going to do something special in each and every single location. But four ways that you can discover your purpose. I want you to write these down. Number one, the first way that you can discover your purpose is that you know it because you were called from birth. You were called from birth. If you look at the scriptures, there's four ways that we see how purpose is revealed or shown. And the first one is somebody that was called from the moment they were born. The moment you were born, you just felt like I was born for something. I've always had this, this passion in my heart. I'm working in this place, but I'm really passionate about this. I love what I'm doing. This career is great, and I'm making good money, but I have a passion for the kingdom of God to do this specific thing. See, you, some of you can remember from the moment you were four, five, six, seven, eight years old, you had a passion for your heart, right? That's because it was put on you since birth, and you knew it. You knew it since birth. We look at four different characters for each one. For, for number one, it's Jeremiah. Remember Jeremiah. Jeremiah knows his calling from birth. Look what the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verses 4 through 8, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I don't even know how to speak. Jeremiah's like, I don't even know how to speak. I know you called me from birth, and I know you put a passion in my heart, but to be honest, I don't even know how to talk. Anybody ever told God that? Come on. I, I don't even, I, he says, I'm too young. He says, you must go to everyone, God says, I send you to, and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Some of you, you know what your purpose is. You knew it from the moment you were born. You were growing You knew what it was. But maybe you put a bunch of excuses, and you say, God, I don't know about this. I've, I've had this passion in my heart to serve in this place. I, I've had a passion in my heart to help the world and make a difference in this place. But, but I'm not sure because I don't even know how to speak. I don't even know the Bible. I have no idea. I mean, my life's a big balagang. I don't even know if I can do it, right? My life's a big mess, but... But I want to tell you the same thing that God says to Jeremiah. Hey, I'm with you. I'll rescue you. I'll go before you. Come on, I'm never going to leave you any of your days for as long as you live. You've got to know your purpose. You know you were born for something. Go after it with all your heart. He's never going to leave you and he's never going to forsake you. And so some of us in this place or back in Miami, you know why you were born. You felt it. In fact, maybe there's been prophetic words about why you were born. And, and you know, people have spoken into your destiny and you know, you're, you're, you're working somewhere. You're making a good salary. You, that's great. But, but there's something on the inside that you know God called you to. And maybe you put a bunch of excuses like Jeremiah, but, but you say, you know, I, I know I was born for this. Jeremiah, when he started walking out his purpose, he can say something like, I was made for this. Somebody say, I was made for this. Made. There's something that you know you were made for. And some of you know it, number one, because you were called from birth. Number two, write this down. The second way that we can discover our purpose is a growing awareness. Somebody say a growing awareness. A growing awareness. Meaning as you're doing life, as you're walking through life, you become more aware of what your purpose is. You may not know it from birth. You maybe had no, really no passion and no specific thing. You're like, I don't even know what, what mine is. But as you're walking through life, a growing awareness happened. Who's the character in the Bible that we see that that happened to him? It's Joseph. If you go back to the Old Testament, it's Joseph. Remember, Joseph, he was wearing this, this coat that his father gave him, and it was a coat of many colors. And he goes up to his brothers, and he goes, ha, ah, all of you are going to serve me one day. It was a crazy dream I had. It was amazing. The brothers get jealous. They throw him in a ditch. He ends up going through a whole bunch of bad things. I mean, his life is terrible for, for a number of years. And somebody like that could say, hey, I don't know what my purpose is. 
All I've gone through is failure and mistakes and divorce and sickness. And, and I don't think there's a purpose in my life. But God somehow supernaturally, he works it all out. And Joseph ends up being the second in command in Egypt after all those events. Yeah. And one day there's a famine in the land, this land right behind us. And his brothers and his fathers, after a number of years thinking he was dead, they have to go down to Egypt and ask for food. And who they're standing before is Joseph. And look what Joseph says in the book of Genesis. Write this down. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Joseph says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Come on, that's good right there. I have no idea what was going on in my life. I had mistakes after mistakes. I had failures. I went through this divorce. I went through this thing. I went through this issue. I don't think I have a purpose, but God somehow, come on, there's a growing awareness on the inside of you. As things start happening, maybe God can use this. Maybe God can use this pain. Maybe God can use this difficult moment in my life. Maybe God can bring beautiful things out of the ashes. Come on, we serve a God that can do that. And so that's a lot of us. A lot of us, we think there's no way that God can do it. Oh, the enemy intended it for bad, but God always turns it around for the good. Amen. Right? And so number two is a growing awareness. Number three, I want you to write this down. The third way that we can discover our purpose is walking through open doors. Somebody say open doors. Open doors. Open doors. The character in the Bible that we see that happen to them is Esther. Right? Esther in the Bible she has no idea maybe what her purpose is. And there's this long story. You got to read it. It's a beautiful book in the Bible. And Esther actually ends up being called by the king. The king has a need and he calls on Esther because she's the most beautiful, gorgeous in the land. And she has no idea what she's doing. She goes up with the king to this big dinner that he's having. And, and while she's up there, uh, these are very like troublesome times because the Jews, they're about to be wiped out. The king has a man in his army that wants to wipe out all of the Jews. By the way, those of us who've been here the past week, we've heard story after story of the history of Israel and what's happened in this land right here behind us. And throughout history, the enemy has wanted to wipe out the promised land and the chosen people, but God is always good and his promises will always come to pass. And here we are, just us being here is a confirmation of God's promise. This is happening in Esther's time. They want to wipe out all the Jews. And Esther has no idea why she's in a specific place, but the king called her and all she did was walk through an open door. When God opens up a door in your life, I'm telling you, you got to walk through it. And look what her uncle tells her. She has no idea what she's doing in the dinner. The Jews are in trouble. And look what her uncle tells her in the book of Esther, chapter 4, verses 14 through 15. He says, if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your, and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. In other words, he tells her, hey, if you don't do it, God's going to use somebody else to save and to do the job and to carry out the purpose. But who knows, you probably walked through that open door for such a time as this. Come on, God is opening up doors for some of us and we're not walking through them. You better walk through them. If you don't walk through them, somebody else is going to walk through them. But some of you, you discover your purpose as you walk through the open doors that God has for your life. How can I discover my purpose? Walk through the open doors that God has for you. If God is opening up a door of opportunity to speak to somebody, to love on somebody, to help out somebody in need, you start walking in those doors. And I'm telling you, you're going to start seeing purpose in your life. Amen. And the last one, number five, write this down. The, I mean, number four, the last way that we discover our purpose is through a God encounter. Somebody say encounter. Encounter. That's the last way that we can discover a purpose in our life. What is, what is God's purpose for my life? 
I don't know God's purpose for my life. I have no idea what God's purpose. Well, some of us know from birth. Some of us know from birth exactly why God called us. Some of us is a growing awareness as we start walking through life and we start seeing that. Some of us is walking through open doors of opportunities. But some of us, it's a God encounter. Something happens in our life. God, he comes and he confronts us. He meets us and he tells us why we were born. And maybe that's, that's the day. Today is the day for some of us, maybe in here in Miami. Today, God wants to have an encounter with you and say, hey, I have a purpose for your life. And the fourth character that we see in the Bible, that this is how they discover their purpose, is Paul, the Apostle Paul. He was known as Saul. And what was he doing? He was persecuting Christians. He was killing Christians. He was a Pharisee, and he didn't like people of the way, or he didn't like believers. He didn't like Christians, so he was running into synagogues and into churches. He was pulling people out, and he was killing them. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that he was on his way to Damascus. A couple days ago, we went up to this place called the Golan Heights, and from the Golan Heights, you can look down and see the Damascus Road. And we got to see where, where God confronted and the God encounter happened for Paul. He was saw, he was on his way to kill believers. And right there on the Damascus Road, it says that a flash of light happened. He gets encountered. And look what happens. The book of Acts, Acts chapter 9, write that down. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 6, it says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and he asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if, if he found any of there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he may take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And it says, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light of heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. He says, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting he says, now get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Some of us were going to be encountered by God. We were headed in one direction in life, and we thought, this is it. I'm running fast. This is why I was born for. This is what Saul thought that God called him for, to persecute Christians. And on his way of doing what he thought he was called for, he gets confronted by God, and he has a God encounter. This is my prayer for all of us here, for all of us in Miami, that God would encounter us today and really tell us what our purpose is. Come on, that God would challenge you today, that God will meet you right there where you're at. You think you're without hope. You think you're without purpose. You think life has nothing to offer you. Come on, I'm praying for a God encounter today Amen. and that he'll tell you what your purpose is, that he'll tell you why you were born and he'll tell you you're not an accident. And I'm gonna tell you what you were born for. I'm praying for a God encounter. Can I get an amen? amen. Come on, this happens so many of us. I was a teenager, and, and I grew up in a Christian home. You've heard me say that multiple times. And I had no idea what life was going to look like, and I thought it might be business. I was working in the family business, and then another business situation. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget somebody approached me at a youth camp one time and said, Alex, I don't know why, but while we were praying, I just looked at you really quick, and I had this vision, and I saw you speaking to hundreds and hundreds of people. I was only about 16, 17 at the time, and I said, that's not me. I, 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 even, I, I used to skip, skip speech class back in the day. Like, I, I, I stuttered. I, I didn't like it. I used to be nervous. And I'm like, you got the wrong person. And she's like, no, no, I see this. And little by little, it was a growing awareness in my life. Like, wait, God, is this what you have for me? I don't like, I don't like school presentations. I don't like standing in front of people. And here I am now in Jerusalem and in front of Miami talking to a whole bunch of people about Jesus Christ, right? You have no idea what God's going to do in your life. 
And so maybe you're in here today and you're saying, God, what's my purpose? What was I born for? One of the ways that you can do that is to grow track. That's something that we announce almost every single weekend. For us, these four steps, we do them through different ways in our church. Talk about knowing God, talk about reaching God. We do that through our weekend gatherings. We want to make sure everybody knows God. Number two, get some help. We do that in communities, our connect groups. We want everybody to be in a connect group. People to be released in their calling. We do that through dream teams so people can be released in their passions. And then when it comes to teach, discovering purpose, we do that through growth track. We want to make sure that you're in there today. In fact, if you're in our city campus, it's at 10 a.m. If you're in Kendall, it's at 1 p.m. West, West Campus is starting soon. But we want to make sure everybody goes through growth track. Today, I don't know where you're at in your life. Today, maybe you're wondering, I don't know why I was born. Look at one of these four options and say, God, how are you going to speak to me? Because I'm not an accident. I was born on purpose and for a purpose. God has a calling for you. And you can have a career and you can make your money and you can have your family. But I want to tell you, there's more to life than that. That's great. We should all do that. We should all pursue those things. But God has much more for you. I'm going to ask all of our campuses, all of our services, if we can all just close our eyes and bow our head all over this place. I want to thank you so much for coming today. If you're in one of our campuses, one of our locations, one of our services, thank you for joining us. And I know today was a little bit different. We're away from home and we made a special service from Israel. But while every eye is closed and while every head is bowed, maybe you're in, in one of our campuses and maybe you're in one of the locations and you're saying, Alex, I don't even know God. I'm far from God. I have no idea why I was born. And on top of that, I have no idea who God is. And maybe while the the teaching was going on is while we were talking about the Bible, you're saying, I don't even know if God wants anything to do with me. I'm far from God. Maybe you grew up in church like me, but you walked away from God. And you're saying, oh, he, he must not love me. God doesn't have a plan or a purpose for my life. Come on, God must be upset at me or mad at me because of some of the decisions that I've made in my life. I want to tell you today, God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. He loves you more than you could imagine. In fact, I really believe with all my heart that he allowed you to walk into one of our locations today just to tell you that he loves you. If you heard nothing else in the past few minutes, I hope you hear this. God loves you and he has a purpose for your life. The Bible says that all of us are sinners. Every single one of us. There's not one perfect person in this world today. Every single one of us, we've done something wrong, said something wrong, thought something wrong. And the Bible says that sin separates us from God. He loves you, but he can't be with sin. And every single one, every single one of us, we've sinned. I've sinned. You've sinned. The Bible says we've all fallen short. But the Bible also says that God is so good that even though we've fallen, even though we've made mistakes, he sent his son Jesus to come and die for us. The Bible says that Jesus came and he walked these same very streets that we're in today. This city behind us, this is where Jesus walked. And this is where the gospel began right here. And Jesus came carrying the greatest message of all time, that God loves humanity, that he's the hope and the answer for the world. And on a hill not far from here, in a place called Golgotha, Jesus went up on a cross and he gave his life for me and he gave his life for you. You're thinking, not me, I've made too many mistakes. He died for your mistakes. Not me, Alex, I've done too many, too many wrong things. I'm a failure. I want to tell you, he died for your failures. The Bible says that right back there, Jesus went up on a cross And he gave his life for all of us. The Bible said he died on that cross. He went down to a grave. I want to tell you that we're going to the grave and there is nobody in the grave. 
Three days later, Jesus Christ, he resurrected from the dead. And we believe with all of our heart that Jesus, he's alive today. I want to tell you, nothing else in this world can help you. Nothing else can bring you peace the way Jesus can bring you peace. The way he can bring you hope. Come on, while every eye is closed, while every head is bowed, every campus, every service, every location, from Jerusalem to Miami, come on, all of us praying. We're praying for you. We love you. If you're in one of our locations, in one of our services, and you say, Alex, I need Jesus. Alex, I need hope. I need peace. I thought I could find it in my career. I thought I could find it in money. I thought I could find it in relationships. I thought I could find it in substances. But you find out that that brings nothing. I want to tell you, the only one that can bring it is Jesus. He loves you, and I believe Jesus, he's calling you today. While every eye is closed and every head is bowed, I'm going to count to three in just a moment. If you're, if you're in one of our locations and you say, Alex, I need God. I want Jesus to come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, if you don't know Jesus, but you want to get to know him, if you say, I want a relationship with God, Alex, I need forgiveness for my sins. Alex, I want a brand new beginning. I want a brand new start. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Nobody looking around. It's a private moment. But I believe God has seen you take this step of faith. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand just for a few seconds. Raise it up every location. Come on, every campus, every service. Raise your hand if you're saying, Alex, I need God. Amen. Amen. You can put it right back down. And I want you to say this prayer with me. All of you who raise your hand across every location, I want you to say this prayer with me. In fact, all of us in Jerusalem, we're going to say this prayer with you as well. Every single one of us. Come on, repeat after me. Eyes closed, head bowed. Say, Father, Father, thank you you for today. today. Thank you you for this opportunity. opportunity. I admit admit that I'm a sinner sinner. and that my sin sin separates me from you. you. Jesus, Jesus, I believe believe you're the Son of God, God. that you died for my sins and on the third day, you rose again. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, can we put our hands together? Come on, every, every single person. We love you. We love you so much. One of our pastors is going to come up now and tell you about a free gift that we have for you. We love you. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for joining us on this special Sunday. We can't wait to be back and hang out with you and get to know you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for being with us today. We love you so much all the way from Jerusalem. Come on, let's give them a hand one more time. We love you.